faithful, cleric Cotton Marcus feels remorse and decides to expose his chicanery through filming a documentary. With a crew in tow, Marcus arrives at a Louisiana farm of devout Louis Sweetser, who believes that his daughter Nell is possessed. When the usual stunts fail, he realizes that he is face-to-face with real evil and must summon true faith to protect Nell, the others, and himself from demonic power. That's the story of The Last Exorcism in a Nutshell, which is the most recent film here on the chopping block at That's Terrible. We're going to see if it's good, bad, beyond redemption, or otherwise. Jeff, how did you like this movie? I like this movie a lot. I saw it a long time ago, and I liked it. Um, the, I think the reason why I liked it was it wasn't like other exorcism movies as far as like the uh, the shaky camera. I th- I like that whole aspect of it because it feels more real. So, but yeah, no, I really, I really liked it. What about you? I did like it. I had thought that I saw it like closer to when it came out and none of this was familiar to me. Uh, Not a single thing in this movie was I like, oh, okay. I remember that. (laughs) So apparently I didn't see it though. I did enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, no, I I remember every little piece rewatching it just brought it all back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that, synopsis there uh and actually before we go on of course we are going to spoil this movie if you're sensitive to that sort of thing you might want to hop off now and watch it because it's good but that synopsis there yeah uh that synopsis pretty much boils it down to what happens we have this cleric priest pastor whatever he is who quite a while ago decided that he didn't actually believe in god and he's been just going on about his life ever since he, he said he was raised you know in a church and he was raised to be this uh this preacher and once he i think it was his mom passing is that right yeah yeah i think so once, once yes. that happened yes yeah, so like his mom passed away and you know that series of events or whatever led him to be like i don't think i believe in this or ever actually did believe in this uh and so at at some point he gets a documentary crew together and he's like, I'm just going to show everybody how fake these exorcisms are, because I've done a lot of them and none of them are real. And that's that's the crux for our movie. We have a found footage possession movie, which I think this might have been the first one of like those or at least the first prominent one. Like, do you remember? Obviously, like the Blair Witch, not actually the first found footage movie, but that's credited as like the one that created the boom, right? Yeah, yeah, and then it was kind of silent after the Blair Witch, and then the next big hit was Paranormal Activity, and I feel like this movie, you know, kind of got its idea from Paranormal Activity, because if you do another possession movie, that they're a dime a dozen, but to make it different, you have to throw in a different element into it, and I feel like they got their idea from Paranormal Activity. Yeah, and it might have been like a combination of both of those, I mean depending on how you look at it, you could say that the Blair Witch is a pseudo possession movie, but yeah, I I seem like it was at this time. uh, Last exorcism came out in 2010. So it was at this point where almost all sub genres of horror were like, all right, how do we make a found footage out of this? You know, we have our, our monster movie in Cloverfield. We have the one that the zombie movie in wreck and all those sequels. And it just seemed like, everybody was trying to figure out how to make a found footage blank horror movie. 
Yeah. And the last exorcism, at least is the first one I remember hearing about succeeding and it still has pretty good ratings to this day. So it apparently worked. Yeah. I mean, it, it stands up still, you know, it's what nine years old and it, it still stands up. There's still terrifying factors to the movie. Yeah. You know. And I, I had trouble parsing what, what was this movie doing that was like revolutionary at the time. And what did I just remember from other later possession movies where I was like, Oh, okay. I, I see. I see what they're doing there in relation to this other movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think casting was a good part in this movie for who they, you know, casted for the girl that actually got possessed. Cause she was creepy from the get go. Like she was, there was something off about her when she was just normal. Yeah. You could just tell that she had, she was playing that. I've got some demons literally or figuratively she was playing some skeletons in the closet yeah i've got some uh demon babies in the oven you know what i'm saying Uh, so (laughs) we should cover that in the plot there uh so he sets out to make this fake documentary and he's like i'm gonna choose somebody random who's asking for an exorcism i'm gonna go show you how i fake everything and once i come away with it come away from it and she's like i'm cured then you'll know that all this shit's fake so he does that. He goes there, he fakes everything. I actually really loved at the beginning when they're doing this, like put your feet in this water thing and the yeah. water starts boiling and you're like, Oh God, the water shouldn't be boiling. And also your feet should be very hot. And then the girl's <laughs> brother comes over and he's like, I saw you put something in there. I'm not going to tell anybody, but I saw you put something in the water. Yeah. And this dude it already like hates men of the clergy is not, you know, he, he's not of the faith. The first thing, the first thing that happens when he pulls the, uh, the pastor preacher, I'm going to say 18 different nouns to describe <laughs> the rabbi Co- cotton. I'm going to call him cotton. Um, when they first pull up, they're driving down the road and they flag him down. They're like, Hey, how do we get to this, uh, this farm or whatever? And he's like, Oh yeah, you're going to, you're going the wrong way. You're going to flip a U-turn. You're going to go down here. And you're going to turn onto the highway and you're going to go back to wherever the fuck you came from because we don't <laughs> want you here. <laughs> and yeah, they, they drive crazy. away, starts pelting them with rocks and shit. But you get that yeah. early indication where when Cotton's like, oh, I'm, you know, Pastor Cotton Marcus or whatever. The kid's like, oh, no, we don't. You don't deserve to be here. Yeah, not by any means. Uh, and so he goes through the process gets the fake exorcism done. He's like, cool, we're leaving. We're going to go stay in a motel. Then we're going to go home at the motel that night. The girl shows up and she's, you know, she looks rough. Yeah. She looks like, she looks like she'd been awake for like 18 days or something. And, and you know, they're, they're like, Oh, okay, this is weird, but let's just call her father and, you know, get her back home. And they do that. And shit just starts to get weird from there. And that's the point where this movie's like, all right, you know, you thought this was all good. You obviously know it wasn't because this is only halfway through your hour and a half movie that you signed up for. Here's the real shit. Here's a real possession. And this this pastor, priest, clergy that honestly doesn't believe in this shit has to like reconcile with that and then also perform an actual exorcism. Yeah, because he still didn't. He still tried to deny it the entire time, even because when they found her at the hotel room. They took her to the hospital because the dad didn't answer and the dad came to the hospital, flipped out and 
grabbed her out of there and they gave her some medicine for something. I, I, I don't know, probably like pain. And then um, they end up going back to the house and, and then I think the film crew leaves and they're like, no, something's weird. And they turn around Man, I can't, I can't fucking remember why they went back. But remember, she fucking slashed the brother's face with a knife. Oh yeah, yeah, cut him real fucking good. Yeah, and so the dad was like, "All right, I guess I, I really gotta go to the hospital now." So he takes the brother to the hospital, while the film crew and the pasture and the possessed girl stay there. And then they get they go through the answering machine, which I think is an invasion of privacy, by the way. Like he, I don't oh, know definitely. why you would really fucking do that, but they just like, oh, let's just listen to all of his messages. And there's a message from the doctor saying, like, hey, don't give her that medicine. The person that gave it to her didn't know that she was pregnant. And then even still, the pastor's like, no, nah, she was definitely raped. Like, she's yeah, probably like, raped I, by the dad he's like i fucking knew it i knew that dad was weird i knew it he's like immediately throws this dude under the bus he's like they're living in the middle of the woods they gotta be fucking weird and, <laughs> and so th- then you have this like this shred of doubt where it's like oh okay fake exorcism oh real possession question mark oh like she was raped and she's just having a tough time with it and yeah and i don't i don't mean that to sound reductive of course you know that's not something cool that somebody should go through but that's that's how this this uh cotton that's how he feels and so it it does this little like bait and switch for you towards the end of the movie where she's like the girl is talking and she's doing all the all the the telltale signs all the cliches of demon possession right they're having the witty back and forth um you know they're doing all these these exorcism things and it's like the beast is calling out and everything and then she just breaks down and she's like, I, I'm not, I'm not pure or she's not pure or something. Um, and it essentially breaks down to, she goes back to normal and tells everyone that this boy that works at this gas station or this, this corner store or whatever, knocked her up. And she's like, he asked me to come over and he's like, Hey, you want to have sex? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And now I'm pregnant. <laughs> Cause that's, that's how it happens. That's how, you know, so everybody's had sex. That's just, that's just the normal yeah, combo that like, happens. <laughs> hey, uh, eggplant question mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. And then, it, probably... and then it goes down. <laughs> uh, so at this point, if you're not paying attention to the time, you're led to believe that this is the end of the movie. The everyone on the film crew and stuff, they're like, all right, well, we solved that. Cause they go talk to other people in town and they're like, yeah, we know this boy. Um, and they're like, all right, on the way out of town, let's go talk to the boy. And this kid, his name is Luke. He's like, Nope. Like I know this person, but that didn't happen. I, I, Hey, I'm not saying this, but I like boys. <laughs> and they're like, my, <laughs> my submarine sinks a different way. If you catch my drift. <laughs> yeah. everybody walks away from it they're like oh okay that kid was obviously gay um so this i doubt that this happened and they go back and the real ending of this i think is fucking nuts and i might need your help actually parsing it because they they go into the woods they hear all this screaming this like chanting and shit and they see the father's tied up the girl is on this table the local priest who they've spoken to several times is performing some ritual and this demon baby comes out of young Nell and they throw it in the fire. Yes. Uh, for, you know, ritualistic purposes or whatever. <laughs> and then so everybody freaks out, right? Everybody's running. Guys running with the camera. You know how the end of these movies go. 
And then he runs into Nell's brother, the one that we met in the beginning, the one that said, hey, fucking leave. The one who threw rocks at him, the one that got slashed in the face with the knife. He picks up this like fucking sickle and just murders your dude holding the camera. <laughs> he, he, fa- he falls over dead. And then there's the end of the movie there. So, yeah, was this like what what had happened here? <laughs> I mean, well, once that ending hit, you, you kind of put two and two together as of why the brother didn't want him to come to their house, why he didn't really want them filming. And then once he figured out that like the, the pastor didn't believe in any of it and he's really just playing a show. Cause even with the first exorcism that he did, he was putting on a show. He put speakers in there with demonic voices. He put strings around all the frames so they'd shake. And then he had that God awful like cross that did fog. (laughs) <laughs> and he like, fucking... pretended like he took the demon and put it in the cross and then fell to the ground super dramatic and the then vape the cross <laughs> yeah the vape cross <laughs> just started going and so once the brother figured out that it was kind of fake and he wasn't actually trying to get the demon out i think that's when he was like oh we're cool like you're not really trying to perform an exorcism and so it kind of made sense the brother knew all along the dad didn't the dad was the only one from the whole ritual out of that entire group that didn't know and wasn't a part of it. Right. In, in my head, that that's kind of what I put. Cause I mean the, the brother, why would he kill a cameraman there? That's gotta be the well, only logical reason, right? Yeah. They didn't want that story getting out for sure. But yeah. So was it, if they kept talking about like, Oh, she was raped and you know, she's pregnant because of the father. Then it's like this Luke kid. Was it actually, are we, are we supposed to believe now that the pastor either like raped her or performed some ritual on her previously to put this demon inside of her? Or is that just something that happened through the possession? I don't know. I feel like it was through the possession because the, so the pastor, when he was talking to the dad about what kind of demon was possessed, you know, like what was in her, that was like one of the demon's strongest, I don't know, like powers or whatever was that he would wrap around your soul and then there was something in there about basically like making you pregnant, which I don't know what happened if you're a dude. And then the only way to actually kill the demon was to die. Like you, you, that was the only way to kill it. Was and so the dad freaked host. out. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to kill the host and then that would kill the demon essentially. So, but then that kind of brings up another point is like, why would the dad pay the pasture so much money if there really was no saving her? Right. So well, yeah, there yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was the thing that, that cotton learned early on from his dad. And I thought that was actually a, a cool thing when cotton's dad, the old pastor just pulls out this book and he's like, Hey, super old book, only like 20 of them in existence. By the way, it shows all different types of demons in it. And then he's like, here's this one, Alabama or whatever. And he's like, Pastor Cotton is like, oh, she's showing all the signs of this demon right here. This is what it does. Uh, I don't remember them saying it impregnates the the host or the victim or whatever. But uh, if they did say that, that's that would make sense there. Uh, So that's how the father knew that the only way to free his daughter was to kill her. Uh, And then he, you know comes at him with a shock i don't know that he was actually trying to kill her or if they were just convinced that he was um i think the shotgun was more hey i told you guys to leave and you didn't so 
now I'm actually telling you to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The demon's name was uh Abalam. Abalam, yeah, okay. I had my had my Super. letters mixed up there. Well, when he read it the first time, I thought he was making it up because the dad couldn't read Latin. So yeah, it makes was, sense that, that the, the pastor's just like, oh, part. you know, it, it's it's Abalam. <laughs> he's just like he's reading this book to the father, and he's like, Do you not read Latin? Like he's shocked that this person doesn't know Latin. <laughs> But then not only that is that he starts to read the book in Latin, not even like he reads in Latin and then tells him in English, but he's like, he reads like four sentences of Latin. And then he's like, yeah, it just means like, basically she has to die. (laughs) Like there's so many Latin words in that entire paragraph in English. It just says that she has to die. It's it's like, uh, it's like an Asian language, you know, it's so long, but it says (laughs) one thing. Yeah. I mean, there, there's those little quirks in the movie as far as that goes. But o- overall, it was it was a good movie. I like uh, when the camera crew takes a nap because they're like, oh, you know what? We're really tired. We're just yelling at each other. Like, let's take a nap for an hour, which personally, a, a nap for an hour wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't help me at all. But <laughs> so everyone goes to sleep, apparently. And before Nell was chained up, to her bed which is by the father's doing and they got her out of it and they ended up just putting her in her room and thought that she was asleep well the demon's not asleep so she gets up and grabs the camera and then did you did you notice when she puts the camera down on her nightstand and then she turns around and takes off her gown and then walks away but then the camera still gets picked up she never came back to pick up the camera. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, no, you don't see her. You see her walk off to the right, and then you see the camera get picked up and like follow her. So I don't, uh, I don't know if that was like that, a mistake or what that, that, was. that was. You know, uh, it. I don't know. This this movie seemed pretty calculated. I wonder if that yeah. was a, a clue to like, hey, someone else is in on this, and and then though, like once it's over, you're like, oh, it, it was the brother, right? Like. Yeah, I don't know because she ended up have she ended up having the camera in her hand because she walked down to the uh, the farmhouse and then ends up murdered the killing. Shit out of the cat. <laughs> yeah, oh, she that cat fucked got up murdered cat. so hard. Oh, yeah, if you that... if you like cats, you might want to skip over that part. I don't like cats, so that didn't really bother me. But for a cat <laughs> lover, it's it's fucking rough. So uh, uh, <laughs> it, it was. Yeah, it's it's like the movies where they kill the dog, right? Uh, but with a cat this time. And A, I, I don't think I'd seen the cat in this movie before, so that was just kind of weird. I don't, re- I don't really get why she did that. But the, that whole scene, the perspective of the camera, and it's like she's bludgeoning the cat with the camera. Yes. Like, that, notoriously for me, I, I love good camera work. And... <laughs> There's there's a scene in 28 weeks later, which is also in a found footage perspective, where someone gets beat with a rifle to death. Jesus. And <laughs> and you see it from the perspective of the scope on top of the rifle. And I thought that was really fucking cool. And then this does that. Yeah. And I think that's really fucking cool as fucked up <laughs> and as gruesome and there's blood all over the camera, obviously. And the yeah, lens was all just, cracked. Yeah, it was good. It, it was just fucking weird, but it was it made you feel how it wanted you to feel, right? Yeah. It's like, y- you want to be uncomfortable right here, so 
here you go. You're uncomfortable now. Well, I think they wanted to get that point across that like you're not con- in control. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like usually as a camera, you're in a stationary corner or you know an above view, but this time you're in the camera and you're not in fucking control and you're gonna kill this cat whether you like it or not. Yeah, you're a, you're a party to this shit, motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah I mean, I she 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 ended up drawing that out though. She did that with her artwork that she didn't remember doing. Uh, bef- was that before? That was before that, right? Or- yeah, that was before. That was when they unchained her. So this was before, and then he saw it on her nightstand. There's like this white cat drawing, and then it looks like real blood, just like splattered where the cat actually got fucked uh-huh. up. And then there, then she did all the drawings of the camera crew and the pasture too. Those drawings were he- fucked up. Yeah, no, they were fucked up. But then it also like it gave me a sense of closure at the end of it when like her her drawings came true. I don't know because the like, cameras dude head was cut off, the the girl was cut into pieces, and then you see the pasture walking into the fire with his vape cross. Oh fuck yeah, I forgot about that that part. Okay, yeah, I was like oh, I remember most of it, and I just assumed like oh they're all gonna die. Um, but yeah, it was oddly specific. The, the, yeah. uh, foresight of this demon. That's, that's actually impressive. Uh, just prior to that cat scene though, was the scene of the movie for me. And that was the bathtub. Did the that bathtub. fuck you up as much as it fucked me up? I don't remember the bathtub. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. That like, was pretty fucked Walk up. in on her and she's like splashing in the tub and you hear like an infant crying. And yeah. You know, she it just looks like she's being crazy with the tub. And then you walk over and it's like, oh, she's got something in her hands that she's like dunking under the water. C- couple with infant crying. Oh, my God. What the fuck is she doing? Also, yeah. secondarily. Oh, my God. Did this movie really just do that? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fucked it, up. It didn't. It was a doll. But that whole scene, like, fucked me up to my core, dude. Yeah, that that was that was almost Annabelle bad. Do you remember that scene from Annabelle? I don't. It was when she picked up her baby and it was or it screeched at her like some fucking demon or whatever and she starts hitting it against the crib and then she throws the demon that she thinks it is and then her baby's like on the floor face down. And then she runs over and then it's just an empty blanket. But fuck like what a roller coaster in like three seconds worth of shit <laughs> jesus i don't know yeah. i don't remember that yeah that's pretty i well i mean i am a dad of two so that that royally fucked me up and my wife can never watch that movie because of that but it oh, was yeah. yeah it was that was pretty bad but the yeah the baby doll and especially like all the voices because at the same time that the baby was crying you heard you know the mumbling of latin from a definitely different voice. <laughs> right. So it's like she's making these two different voices at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, No, that was... That whole thing was fucked up. But no, I was going to ask you, actually, and I almost forgot. Do do the pictures do anything for you? Like, are you ever afraid that one of your kids is going to draw something super fucked up and you're just going to be really weirded out by it? Yeah, I mean... I have horror movies to blame for that, though. Because it's been done in horror movies so many times that if I actually see it, then I, I I might have that little thought in the back of my head saying like maybe I should watch you a little more closely. 
But I mean, I drew fucked up shit as a kid because I was watching horror movies at an early age. So I would draw fucked up shit all the time. Not like anything like this is my mom and my dad's dead because I killed him. You know what I mean? Like nothing like that. And here's whiskers and he's also (laughs) missing a head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I never really I don't I don't think it, it would happen. But if it does, you know, I'm prepared. I know what to do. I know how to exor- do an exorcism and, you know, lock them in the room. <laughs> yeah, just get the chains ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, I think what you said earlier was totally right. The The acting and the characters in this movie totally sold it. Uh, Cotton was just one charismatic motherfucker in the beginning. And he, yeah. you could totally tell that he he would get away with faking it for this whole time you know because he was just so enthusiastic and it was all fake the whole time he's an actor playing a really good actor and i I really liked that and overall the story was (laughs) it was just unique you know you don't see a lot of you know take the blair witch again for example the the idea of them taking the camera out there is because they wanted to prove that this thing was real you know we have a lot of those sort of movies that are like all right, well, this is just one trip. We're going out, and conveniently, this is the one. Yeah, so this and then is this like, was... This is like the opposite, almost, because they're like, we're going to prove that it's faked. Yeah, he's like, I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> I'm going to show you that it's fake, and it just happens to be the one that's real. And so that's it's similar, but it's, it's just a different twist on it that I actually really appreciated. And there's also a part of me that, like, sympathizes with Cotton, who's like, I lost faith, but I'm... I'm doing this. I'm being a pastor. I'm, you know, teaching about the Bible and stuff for these reasons. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. Because I've always been fascinated by the fact that as somebody who doesn't go to church, as somebody who's, you know, not not in those circles, never really has been. I've always been fascinated by how churches are this very like tight knit community, right? Yeah. And if you look at you know all religion, whether you believe in them or not the point of religion is to convince you essentially through fear to be a good person. So yeah. that's, some, that's something that's respectable. And, and I respect him for, you know, saying, Hey, I don't believe this, but at the same time I was brought up with it. And the idea here is to teach people to get, be good people. So what's the harm in that? Right. Yeah. And make them and make them feel good. I mean, from the beginning of the movie, he's kind of cocky. As far as like, yeah, like I kind of stopped believing in it, but I just keep doing it. You know, my dad was a pastor and I just keep keep on going on. But then like when he's doing that interview and she was asking about exorcisms and stuff like that, and he's like, no, I know they're fake. And she's like, well, why do you keep doing them? He's like, for me to go into somebody's house and, you know, put on this act that it's real and to get this demon out of them and then they're suddenly healed and it makes them feel better and they're a better person. They can live their life again. Why wouldn't I? So then he becomes very selfless in that aspect. And that I think that's what kind of draws you closer to him. It's like, wow, this guy's like actually a pretty good guy. Like, even though he doesn't believe in any of this stuff and he's still doing it, it's because he, he's trying to help other people. Yeah. And he has this like rock star pastor demeanor to him. Even in like <laughs> the, the clips where they show him like actually working, he just has this demeanor where he's like, why wouldn't I do it? I'm fucking great at it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't believe anything. I, 
about baking banana bread. Watch, they'll they'll <laughs> love it. And she's like, no, please don't do that. And he's like, I bet you. And then she's like, no, I'm okay. And he's like, all right, it's a bet. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure she said no, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and then he just went on. He's like, if you put all these ingredients together and put them in the oven for 400 degrees, it'll make you banana bread. Can I get an amen? It was like, amen. Amen. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, man. Uh, yeah. I did also like in that interview because it's it's told totally straight, like from the beginning for the first couple minutes. You're like, oh, this guy's just a pastor who believes, and then he's like, yeah, no, I don't really believe in that stuff anymore. And he goes down this like this line of monologue, and he says Jesus was an exorcist, and I was like, all right, that's that's cool. I can get Is behind that. that. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know what he means by that. I don't. I don't know that Jesus ever said the power of Christ compels you because that'd be weird. Yeah, the power of me compels you. <laughs> the power like, of me. Is that what, is that what went, so it went down? I don't know. But it also, that also was another aspect that just added to the air of like, this dude thinks that he is some sort of prophet for something. Mm. It, you know, may, it may not be, he, he doesn't believe in it, but he feels like he has to do it. And I don't know. I just thought that whole, that whole line of his, his character was cool. Yeah. I also appreciated that as they're going into town, they're like interviewing people in the, you know, Blair Witch style where they're like, Oh, what do you know about this? And they're interviewing someone. And this lady is just like, you, you see the smile on cotton's face when she's like, Oh, the aliens, they landed over here. And he's oh, like, cause yeah. she's talking about that cold. Yeah. And he's she's like, see, the cold and he's- <laughs> see only crazy people believe in this shit. <laughs> he gets this like, yeah, he's like, where's the UFO? Face. Where's the UFO landing site? And she's like, it's over there. And he looks at the camera. I'm like, I didn't even know it was one. <laughs> He's like, I just knew uh, she'd answer it. It's like, I knew that this lady was crazy. That's why she believes in this stuff. Yeah. I wonder if that lady was in the cult with the the town pasture, the leader oh, that, of the cult. That'd be sick. You see her at the end. I want, I mean, there was a lot of people there. It wasn't just the, you know, six people that were kind of staples in the movie. Right. I would have liked there to have seen people more of those more connections right like i thought it would have been really cool if like a that lady was there um luke the you know the other kid that'd be funny if he was there and oh, yeah, you know, yeah then you get that air of like oh he he said that so that they would go back right and then yeah get get fucked up um that would have been that would have been cool like let's let's marry these characters together in this <laughs> giant conspiracy to get this to do this ritual you know yeah no i mean overall it was, it was a good movie i mean i do can you think of another movie that was cult and possession together or is um, that like a normal thing like the only other one that comes to mind is hereditary yeah i mean this one was pretty culty like at the end at the very end it was pretty much like a group of people well, all believing in the same thing once you break it down, um, once you get all the story, the paranormal activity movies are that way. Ah, oh, fuck, you're right. That's true. So, so shit, maybe, maybe I need to like reanalyze some other ones. Are they all just like this in some way? Is the Exorcist? Yeah, I mean, does that have some weird <laughs> shit going on in the background? The priest was behind it the entire time. Oh, of course. That's why he <laughs> threw that guy off that balcony. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't uh, think of any other that are really culty in that way. I mean, Hereditary, yeah, that was one of them. And then I forgot about Paranormal Activity because after the first one, all the rest of them are a blur. So, one of these days we're gonna we're gonna do those. Yeah, you you 
A little hesitation there, but yeah. You have you have my word <laughs> that you will come away with thinking at least some of those are cool. Um, <laughs> so there's got to be at least one scene in there that's cool. Yes, that 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 much I can guarantee. Uh, <laughs> the the last thing that I was left questioning when this movie was over was the <laughs> the pastor does his does his fake exorcism right, and he's you know essentially mocking a demon. Because yeah. he's like, you're not real. None of this is real, whatever. But I, I left once the movie was over, I was like reflecting on it. And I'm thinking, did Cotton put the demon in her on accident? Was there a reasonable explanation for all this shit? And then Cotton comes in highfalutin and mocking the shit out of a demon. And the demon's off in the corner. It's like, you know what? I'm going to possess this bitch now. <laughs> I'm going to show this motherfucker what's what. <laughs> I mean, it's possible because the only thing that the dad was saying that led him to believe that something was, you know, that she was possessed was that his livestock was getting slaughtered. But if the brother was behind it the entire time, the brother could have been slaughtering all the livestock and then blamed it on the sister, got her dress, you know, like all bloody told the dad he would write the note to the pasture. Maybe the brother influenced what pasture was the best. And then since the pastor didn't have any faith in anything in God or demons or the devil, he could have ultimately put the demon inside of her, which would give exactly what the cult wants. I mean, that was something that Cotton said. He's like, you're sure it's not, you know, the kid, whatever his name was. I don't remember. And yeah. the dad's like, nope, I no, it couldn't be. And at that yeah. moment, I was like, could it be, though? Like, couldn't it be? <laughs> I don't know. Your son's kind of an asshole. You sure he's not like an omen child or something? He did throw <laughs> rocks at my fucking car like a dickhead. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. I don't know. I mean, it, it's possible. I think it's I think it's a reach as far as that plot goes. What I what I just said was a complete reach. Oh, yeah. But it's it's possible. That would have been a pretty cool, like, added element as well. If, you know, at some point the the possessed Nell was like, Hey, you did this to me or something. It's like, just throw away line. But once you look at it, you're like, Oh, did he though? Well, I also want to know the reason why she got pulled out of the Sunday school two and a half years ago. Cause what she said was that the church wasn't playing Christian family music, but I highly doubt that's why the dad pulled her out. Cause now she's homeschooled for two and a half years and she hasn't seen the, the town pasture, you know, for a long time. Yeah, I guess so I'm, that I'm, because right? that that local pastor had been like estranged for some reason. So does that add to the feeling that like he was being a little creepy with her? Yeah, like kind of targeting her to carry the Ab what is it, Abalam baby? A Alabama, yeah. Alabama baby. <laughs> Alabama baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. For a pretty basic movie, uh, it, it does give you a lot to think about, which I think is is impressive. Yeah, no. And I feel like this didn't have that high of a budget. Oh, probably like three or, you know, three or five mil. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if there's any um, wonder if there's any notes on that as far as if it if it has a budget here on the Internet. Um, estimated budget of one point eight million, actually. Jesus. OK, so. That's only, you know, it's only like 800 grand more than Piranaconda. Way better fucking movie. Oh, yeah. 
Well, and like you, you know, you think about it, they didn't need much. Like they needed some fake blood. They needed some fishing line to move some pictures around. Uh, they they didn't do a lot of like action or maybe any like special effects. Um, though maybe I do just have the to say, fire. if that actress can crane her back like that in real life, um, I never want to see her on the side of the road in the middle of the night. Cause I bet she could dude. I, I bet you that's why they picked her. Like, she could do that. You're the one do the thing. And that's her yeah, audition. she's like, boom. And then they go to make the sequel and they're like, perfect. We're going to turn that into a two and it's going to be great. God, that's like your worst nightmare. Isn't it? That's just that fucking movie cover. So bad, but it's also like sort of good. I don't know how I feel about it, and I think that's why I hate it so much. It's fucking genius. It's so genius to do that. I think I just feel like it's not subtle enough, you know. <laughs> anyway, that's that's not why we're here. Um, I, I just I want to quickly say that uh, this movie was directed by Daniel Stam, who hasn't done too much since then, but he did direct this movie called Thirteen Sins, which was a remake of a. I want to say Korean horror mo- horror hmm. comedy, um, but I could be entirely wrong about it. It's some sort of foreign movie. And I remember hearing okay. that that was good. But again, this is a case where I have not not seen that movie. And he also yeah. did some episodes of the Scream TV series. Oh, sweet. Um, and then producers on this movie, Eli Roth, who has done pretty much everything under the sun. Oh, he's, he's got he's got hits. <laughs> he's got misses. I was just looking at his Rotten Tomato earlier and realized that the the remake of Cabin Fever has a zero percent, which I think is amazing. No, um, what? It got we, oh my god, that's worse yes. than the Emoji Movie. I think the Emoji Movie got at least three. I we, we are gonna watch this movie at some point. Um, okay, I'm down. And I then, love Eli Roth. Yeah, I do it for the most part. <laughs> Uh, and then Eric Newman is another producer on it. And I don't know, this could just be like a studio figurehead, but his other producing credits involve Slither, which is a great fucking indie horror movie and uh, Children of Men, which is one of my goddamn favorite movies of all time. Hmm. And then after this, he produced The Sacrament, which is oh. a fucking awesome like, yes. uh, what I mean, that's is that a cult or is that just like a evangelist? Jim Jones no. style. That's full, that's full on fucking cult, cult dude. Like yeah, they okay. they all knew because even at the end, I mean, they all knew. I'm not gonna spoil anything for anybody that wants to see it, but I would fucking recommend it if you love cult movies because I love cult movies and I loved that one. Yeah, we'll spoil that at a different time. I think. Yes, for sure. Uh, but I think that's all I have to say on the last exorcism. I was, um, like I said, I went into it thinking, oh, I saw this movie and I, I thought it was good. And then I realized I did not see this movie, but I still think it's good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've i liked that movie. I think that's my third or fourth time watching it over the years. I always come back to it. I I am not one for possession movies in general. Um, it, it took something like The Conjuring to be like, oh, okay, these can be good. Uh, you know, since things like The Exorcist and uh exorcism of emily rose i thought was good yeah there are just so many that are so bad and for me to come away from this one and be like oh yeah i'd watch that again for sure like that that is actually pretty impressive for my personal taste yeah i feel like possession movies to me are like slasher movies for you like it 
Like, am I wrong on that? Is that is that is that like where you're at? Where if it's a bad slasher movie, you'll still enjoy it. Usually, yeah, yeah. So, so that's though, that's kind of how I am with possession movies. If it's you know, it, I'll, I'll usually watch a possession movie no matter what it is. I don't care if it had a fifty dollar budget. I'll fucking watch the shit out of it. Right on. I <laughs> I can I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I I've seen my fair share of terrible slasher movies and been like. That had some shit in it that, that I would <laughs> that I'm gonna AKA focus on. Rubber. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna focus on this stuff. I don't know that I'd call rubber a slasher, but um, I, it probably fits the bill. To be honest, yeah, I mean, it kills people. It counts. There's blood. There is there is blood, and it is a singular. <laughs> it's a singular <laughs> enemy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll give you that one. Um, <laughs> any any other closing thoughts on the last exorcism? Other than saying it's good one more time? No, I'm I mean I'd I'd recommend it if you if you like possession movies, you want something a little different, um the shaky oh, cam, you know, type of movie that it is. That that's the one big aspect that I really enjoy about this movie. Yeah, it was done well, it wasn't too shaky, it Mm-mm. it didn't obscure your view too much. You could totally see what was going on at all times, at least I felt and yeah, yeah, it doesn't give you that like motion sickness until like the very end when he's running. Uh, we should yeah. probably say that this this movie is on Netflix. Um, it may also be on Hulu, so it's it's easy to find. Yeah, at at this point in time. Yeah, well, yeah, um, as, as October twenty fifth, <laughs> October twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. The Last Exorcism is on Netflix and Hulu. Uh, so for our next one, I think we're in agreement that we should. We should look at something real, right? Like, I'm not saying demon possessions aren't real, but we should look at something real, something that can actually happen. And let's be real, something that's fucking terrifying. If you think about it too much, it might be the most terrifying concept for a horror movie. Yeah, if definitely something really, that'll <laughs> it'll stick in the back of your head for sure. Yeah, every day. Like if, if you really think about it, 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 this is what would give you nightmares over anything else. Uh, so we will be back next week with that movie movie to be named later all of our listeners out there thanks for joining us and you know, man i i hope i hope y'all are watching some horror movies because this is the third one i've seen and it is october 25th i have five five more days because this day ends very soon i have five more <laughs> days to watch as many horror movies as possible and it's probably going to be like one more <laughs> yeah no i'm with you on that one man <laughs> october 2019 is a failure i'm just going to go ahead and say it there it's year 2020. It's going to happen. Yeah, next, next year is our year. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. We will see you next week.